0: life. And now for our speaker. I want to finish the uh, introduction from the good captain uh, for us and to, to tell you that uh, who, who we are, who I am as a person, is somebody who lived uh, uh, his early life, into long into his 20s, uh, for the worship of himself. Person who uh, wanted to indulge all of my uh, wants, who lived for my own glorification and edification, until the Lord Jesus Christ reached down and grabbed me, and He used an officer to do it. I won't invoke His name, but uh, He would come to. Our, he got moved to the town we were living in. We were in college, and He would come to our house where we were living. We weren't married yet, but we were, it was just a a bad house. And he would come knock on our door. And he would say, come on, Thomas. And I would go out in just disheveled disarray. And he never stopped knocking, even when I told him to stop. And the Lord used him. And so I stand here today because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Breaking through my selfishness and saying I am yours. You are mine now go do and I thank him for that and that's who I am I will tell you as I speak and as I'm up here speaking if you have any problems with anything I say or you don't like the way I say it or anything like that I will tell you that there are three officers in this room who were on my training staff. (laughs) I Will not tell you who they are because I didn't ask permission to do that. However, I will Tell you they're here. Also uh, in uh, this room uh, are people that I have known uh, for 20 years or so, people that I've served on staff, on DHQ staff with, uh, in division with. And so I have all kinds of people that I can blame for anything you don't like today. And I'm willing to do so. Advent is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, if I'm going to get invited here one time, I certainly want it to be for Advent. Because Advent is such a moment of hope, isn't it? It's a moment of joy. It's a moment of anticipation. See, I followed the theme. Anticipation. It's a time whenever we can think about the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth and fulfilled just a, a, a plethora of different prophecies, and it was a moment in time when God's plan leaped to the next step when he came. And it's a time of just great hope and fun, right? When else do we get to sing uh, songs that we only sing during this time of year that have such weird chords? (laughs) When else do we get to do things that we do at Christmas time we don't really get to do? I mean, right now, it's okay to put a tree in your house. When is there any other time to put there? Now it's the time when we can just kind of let our hair down a little bit and just just focus on him and be who he would have us to be and just, just live in him. And I thank the Lord for that. And before we jump into Jeremiah, I've told you a little bit about, my, about myself. I want to learn just one thing, uh, just just three things about you. You ready? Is everybody awake? I want to know who in here has already got their tree up? Wow. We're behind. How many of you in here do multiple trees? Okay, a lot less hands, but how many in here do no tree? Right here. Okay, we're with you because some years ago, my wife went to ladders. It's chic, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) The cats love it. Here's a last set of questions, two questions. One, uh, How many in here, or who in here usually every Christmas season goes and visits other people, other, other family members, goes to their house? How many in here always cook big at Christmas and have people come to your house? I'm asking Captain Ryerson to write down those names. Keep the hands up. Because Thanksgiving was just Stacey, myself, and two cats. I don't want to do that for Christmas, so just hold your hands up. We're in Jeremiah 33, and before we before we dive into uh, Jeremiah, I want to pray together. Father, I thank you so much that you are a God beyond our imagination. That you are a Lord who looked down at this decayed, decrepit world, a world that you created perfect and we marred, and you said they're still worth saving, and I'm going to do it by giving myself. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us. And I pray during this Christmas season and this day of Advent that you would speak all that you would have to speak to us as individuals. That nothing I say from Thomas can be heard. And that you would be glorified above all else and in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is our righteous Savior, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Now I want you to, we're going to go back in time a little bit. I'm like, I'm like Brother Holtz, and I I know this of him uh, because I've been to his house. He and Brother Saddley, uh, I love history. I read history, theology and history. It's the only thing I, the only things I ever read. And when I, when I went to uh, Brother Holtz's house, I was going to try to stick some of his books in my socks, but they were too big. But I love history. And I love when I look at a scripture like Jeremiah to think back to that time. You know, we tend to see Christmas in our own space, in our own vision. We see Christmas as we come to church and we light the candles and we have a Christmas tree and we have a manger and and we sing those wonderful songs with weird chords. We do the scripture readings. We have the kids dance looking like Mary and Joseph where they don't have to say it. We know that they were Mary and Joseph. And when we, But if we go back to Jeremiah's time, he was living in a place that was devastated, that was, uh, had the Assyrians up north that had already captured the northern king and taken them away. They had Babylon over on this side that was growing in power and strength. And Jeremiah was going to, uh, told them that they were going to be taken. They were living in a place that had been decimated and devastated. They, they were getting words from God through a prophet, Jeremiah, who was full of negative woe and doom. I don't know about you, but if I'm around somebody and all they talk about is woe and doom, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to go somewhere else. But Jeremiah could see all of this happening. And then in the middle of all this woe and doom, in the middle of all this, this is terrible is going to happen. And that terrible is going to happen in Jeremiah 23. And in Jeremiah 33, he says, but it's okay. We have hope. A righteous branch will be born. God will salvage us. God will reinstate us. God will cleanse us. We will be able to live with God and be his and he ours for, 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 a, for eternity, really. He is a righteous savior. Now, if you're the people listening to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah's up here speaking, going, you know, whoa, whoa, guys, doom, terrible for you, terrible for you, hate it for you, it's because of your own fault. You decide to live your own life the way you wanted to. You didn't want to talk to God. You didn't want to do what God told you to do. Well, but, and then he gives them hope. And in Advent, that's that's the, the, the beauty of Advent is hope. Hope. And I think we love Advent not just because of Christmas. We love Christmas. I won't even ask if anybody doesn't like Christmas because that's a whole different conversation we're going to have to have. But it's not just Christmas because we in our minds, we know that that's a leap point for the ultimate hope that we believe that you and I in this Christian congregation believe that we will live forever with the Lord Jesus on the throne. Amen. We believe that we will no, no longer shed tears, that we will no longer feel pain, that we will no longer have, have, have hardship and woe and doom in our life, but we shall live with him forever. I love the, the vision of Micah where he will be on the mountain. We will be out there. We will make our, our weapons into, into planting gear. We'll have gardens and go up and see him. And this Advent is a leap to that. And I think that's part of the hope. It's because when Jesus comes as a baby, it's like, okay, point take, point done. Now we go to the next point. And I love him for that. And I love him for that. And historically, ever since this happened, if you believe that a generation is 20 years, you realize that we've been 100 generations from that time that Jesus walked this earth. 100 generations of people have walked this earth a hundred generations of people have thought of his birth a hundred generations of people have worshiped him a hundred generations of people have taken a moment and said the Lord Jesus came as a baby into Bethlehem and because he came as a baby into Bethlehem I have eternal hope I mean imagine over those hundred generations all the things that happens There were people that have worshiped the Lord and remembered Christmas and remembered his birth in languages that no longer exist. That have sung songs in languages that no longer exist. Using tunes that have long been lost. Cultures that no longer are on the earth. Countries and nations that came and were there and now they're gone. A hundred generations, and yet the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ still works. The truth of the Lord Jesus Christ is still real. And we anticipate his wonderful coming. His wonderful coming. Here's a couple of of interesting things. I told you I I like history. Here's a couple of interesting ones. Before the middle of the fourth century... They would remember it. They would remember the birth of Jesus by going to a feast. And it was on one night. And then they would spend all night doing liturgy in remembrance of him. That means where captain would stand up here and say some things. You would say some things. He would say some things all night long. I don't know how many people would come out for church for that. And it wasn't it was celebrated on January 6th. And it wasn't moved until December 25th until middle of the 4th century. Some other interesting things that have happened is in the 12th century France, they would take a donkey and they would start on one end of town and they would walk the donkey to the main square church. And the people would file in behind them, behind this donkey, and then would come into the church and they would tie the donkey to the altar. And the liturgy that was given at that time called for the people, the congregation, to bray like a donkey. (laughs) So the priest would say something, say something, you'd bray. It was to invoke the the thought of of humility, of Jesus, of his humility, of who he was, of who he he promised he was and who he became. Um, for us in the sixth century. It was evangelical Because of the cultures because of the world it was evangelical and there is a uh, written um, account of in the year 598 on Christmas that 10,000 people in England were converted and baptized on Christmas Day because that's what they used Christmas for was evan- Evangelical work. I kind of like that but that's how, they, that's how they celebrated. That's who they were. Um, in the Middle Ages, because he came as a child, they would temporarily elect a child pope. Around three years old is what they would do. And it was a temporary uh, election. So they could remember that Jesus, the head of the church, was a child. So that's how they celebrated the Christmas. And, and today, what do we do? We put up a lot of plastic in our house. And we have candles and we come to church and we do, uh, we do some liturgy in the, in the um, uh, Advent readings and we watch the children dance and glorify God and we hear the tunes and the music and we sing the carols and we recognize that Jesus Christ is God. And that Jesus Christ came not just to come Not just because he didn't have anything else to do for the day. He came so that we could have hope. And we could have life. And we could be more than we are. And we can break out of living for ourselves and live for him. And we could be eternally his children. And we could sit with him at an ultimate feast to come. And that we could live in a heaven where there's no more tears, no more sorrow at all. And we could live in a perfected creation. And we celebrate the Christ child for coming. And we celebrate him. And we're not alone because we know on that day, the angels sing. God put a star in the sky. And celebrating who he is, what he is, and what he's done for each one of us. Jeremiah's generation could not have imagined this. When Jeremiah was speaking to the people of Israel and he was telling them the gloom and doom, but there's hope. They could not have imagined a group of people sitting in a chapel in uh, Lawrenceville, Gwinnett County right now with a band that played wonderfully and dancers dancing up here and a candle. And they could not have imagined it. But God did. In Jeremiah's day, they couldn't have imagined when, the, when, he, when he talked about the Babylonians are coming and they're going to take you away and you're going to be enslaved. They couldn't have imagined a, a world like we have. And that's a great uh, benefit that we have that they didn't. You and I know the Christ child has been born. Amen? Jeremiah, it was just some talk about a branch coming out of David's plant. We know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth so that we could have eternal life. Amen? They didn't know that. All they knew was they were fixing to be taken away to Babylon, into slavery. We know that Jesus came to to save us all and to, to give us hope and to give us a chance. And they had none of those opportunities to know. But we do we do and we just thank God for how great he is and how wonderful he is and what he did by coming to us and when we are in this Christmas season when we are in this time of Advent it has to be more than head knowledge it has to be more than head knowledge it's great that we know Jesus Christ came right It's great to know the Bethlehem story. It's great to see the kids. They're probably reenacted at some point. It's great to see them dance. It's great to light the candle. It's great to have all of that going on. It's great to sing the songs with the weird chords. But it has to be more than head knowledge. Because Herod knew too, right? Herod knew that the Messiah was there. And killed a a, a whole bunch of babies because of it. Satan knew that Jesus had come. It's got to be head more than head knowledge. It's got to be more than we come to church and light a candle and watch the kids dance and sing carols with weird chords. It has to be more than that. Because if we go back to Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah is sent by God to talk strongly about how they were acting. And he didn't send them to the bar and he didn't send them to the people that were living at home. He sent them to the temple gates. And said, tell the people going into the temple. you got to be more than just doing the stuff and more than in your head because the Lord rejects it. It's got to be more than coming to church. It's got to be more than singing carols. It's got to be more than knowing the story. It's got to be more than being able to recite it in your sleep. It's got to be in your heart. God came to earth. He came to earth and he came for you. Yeah, he came for us. He came for you. Yeah, he came for the world. He came for you. And even when they were celebrating his birth and the angels were singing and the star was thrown up in the sky and all of that was going on, they knew full well that his mission was only going to be a short-lived and then what was going to happen to him because he came for you. And so as we anticipate the Advent season, as we we focus on who he is and and what he's done and and who I am in that and how I am featured or, or, or put into that story, into that whole narrative, Jesus Christ came to save Thomas. Thank you, Father. Thank you. He came to save you. And as we come before Him at the Advent season, it's got to be more than head knowledge, it's got to be more than church attendance. It's got to be more than, oh, I'm doing the Advent lighting next week. It's got to be more than I saw other people in the core. It's got to be more than I wore my uniform. It's got to be more than I heard the preacher preach. It's got to be more than all of that combined. It's got to be in our heart. What Jesus did when he fulfilled Jeremiah and Isaiah's and on and on and on, the prophets of the Old Testament, when he fulfilled all of the promises made and the time finally came and we get to rejoice in it. We get to rejoice in it. We get to enjoy him. Jeremiah's people didn't. We do. And so as we enter into his Advent season, as we anticipate him, I want us to bring our heart to him. Not as an us, as a you. Not as a we, but as a you. And I want to start the Advent season, Advent Sunday number one. And I want you as an individual. Just just bring yourself before God. Think about him. Think about you. Think about what he has done for you. So that you can have.